Hi everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 60, the podcast for marketing managers who use HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is my co-host Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Really good, uh, feeling fit and healthy on this beautiful Monday afternoon. It's been a nice warm day in Sydney and the sun's going down, looks fantastic. It does. If you look at our Instagram, there'll be a picture on there with all the rain and everything else that's coming our way. But Craig, here we are on another week, second week after we've been back from inbound 2016. And I thought let's start with our inbound thought of the week. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some of the sessions that we went to and just try and unpack some of the nuggets we found. And, and this week we're talking about Rand Fishkin's What Google's Doing in 2017 session, which was excellent. I yes. think it was a bit of a favorite of many people at the, at the conference. So, yeah, we're going to kind of... Uh, have a chat through his um, talk and uh, if you're interested uh, we'll put uh, we've embedded the actual video but he's got a slide share which is about 120 slides and it's well worth reviewing on its own yeah 120 slides for 45 minutes with the talking which is pretty good he's a very good presenter isn't he and you know what i noticed we were chatting about before that he doesn't actually have a slide talking about himself no and i know he's kind of well known and that but uh, a number of the sessions I went to and these people that, you know, I couldn't care less about, I just wanted the information. They had a hot slide or two about themselves and what they do and they were taking up valuable minutes talking about things that were not providing value. So note to self, if we ever present, <laughs> don't talk about ourselves. All right, here's a session packed with uh, information. We're going to kind of break down some of them. What were some of the kind of the key takeaways for you? Put some key takeaways, and but I thought I'll start with the stats, Craig. Some interesting stats. There's 1.19% of searches on Google.com in the US result in an ad click. Yeah, this is pretty incredible, isn't it? So out of all the billions of searches, yes. only 1% actually result in a click. And, so and as- out of that percent... They get make forty five billion dollars. Isn't that right? And he was he was saying, you know, what's the opportunity there? But a lot of them stay actually on Google, and yes. there's a high percentage of um, searches where they're just no click. That's uh, right. Scenarios. So that's a really interesting scenario. It says forty percent of searches result in no click. So like things like searching for movie times, weather, even flight details result in no click because the results show up straight away on Google. Yeah, and some of the other stats, um, the search clicks. So, you know, so there's the searches, but of the search results that result in a click, 51% of those click on an organic link. Yeah, right. Now, that's actually higher than I expected because, you know, how they're crowding it out with ads and all those other things. Uh, That's actually still opportunity there. 50% of the clicks uh, are organic. So getting up there and working on your SEO has still got value. Yes, absolutely. Take you through a few things that he said which kind of stood out to me. At four points. Um, one thing he said he was when he does his videos, he actually puts it on Wistia first and then embeds it on his website and then shares that out about. So he gets links to his website. And then about three months later, he puts the video on YouTube and then re-promotes it again. So that was one of the little tips I took away from that. Yeah, that was a good one. Interesting that he waits three months. Yeah. I thought... I was actually surprised by that A couple number. of weeks, sure, but yeah, three, yeah. And maybe, you know what? Maybe in his case, three months is a good length of period. Maybe for other people, it's different. So again, I think we've got to test that out. Don't ignore other search channels because they're not Google. I thought that was really relevant. Like... I used an example in the last episode of always using Yelp. And so we were in that app. So that's another search channel that you could be on if you are a food store or a restaurant. So just think about 
what other channels people are looking for your product or service on? Yeah, well, he talked about some of the other search engines. I mean, YouTube's big search engine in its own right. That's a Google property. But Amazon, Amazon? for example, yeah. and people are optimizing their products for Amazon, yes. which is really smart now. Yeah. Understanding search intent. That was another one. Google is mastering this with its um, machine learning and so on. So I think this is really important for people to understand what the intent of a search is. And finally, I'm going to say links still matter. So be strategic about it. And I think this is something that I had never really thought about. And see, we've got a, a picture in there about his link building strategy and what you need to do. So be strategic, have a roadmap, you know, have goals, have an approach, have tactical initiatives, and then have something to measure it and keep reiterating through this process. Yeah, nice. And uh, I think at the end he wrapped up by saying user experience is the key. That's where the, the real opportunities are, thinking about the user. So it's not just the words. It's That's actually right. the experience they get on exactly. your site. And, of course, we all know we like certain formats or certain pages, certain sites better than others. Well, actually, Google's wising up to that now. So if you've got a really nice experience on your site, even if the content is exactly the same as someone else, the user experience might get you a better ranking. Correct. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely encourage you to watch those videos and check it out because you'll learn a few things. Nice one. On to shot to our HubSpot feature tip of the week. Now, Craig, this is carrying on from inbound last week. So if we go to hubspot.com slash new, you'll see all the new product announcements. And this week we're going to actually talk about HubSpot marketing free. Yeah, so we're going to try to because I think uh, I'm still confused by it and I think other people are as well. I mean, when we heard the Hubcast Live episode, it's like, yeah, people are confused. And what it seems to be, I think there's good and bad about it. So we all all know that the HubSpot CRM, that's got a free part. Now there's the HubSpot marketing free, but it just seems to be lead-in, rebadged, and also cut down. Because we were looking, we were comparing uh, HubSpot marketing free. Because there is a paid version. And there's a paid version, like there is in the CRM, you can kind of have a piece well, of it paid sales yeah yes. the sales pro or whatever yes. yeah and so HubSpot free has it as well a 50 dollars per month kind yes. of piece but what in the free version it seems like it's actually a cut down version of lead in because they only keep the actual timeline data for seven for days, seven days. Yes. so i'm i kind of feel a little bit strange about this because okay it's great they've got this free marketing stack and sales stack right or what do they call it growth stack growth stack, growth yeah. stack sales marketing but it just seems that they've each like even last year they announced lead-in right no big announcement but everyone else had been using it for six months it's kind of like and then this year they announced marketing free it's just like lead-in rebadge but cut down i'm kind of yeah. confused so i the, worry, the reason I want to raise this on the show is because I'm like, if you're a marketing manager and you're confused by the HubSpot announcements, you're not the only one, right? And so you really need to kind of, I guess, we need to dig deeper as well and reach yeah, out to a few people. That's right. But that's the negative part. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'm confused. So if you're confused as well, that's, you know, you're not alone. But looking at the actual features of lead-in, because if you haven't used lead-in before, yes. it actually is a really good tool. It's fantastic. I think if, you, if you're starting and st- you're starting with nothing, it's a great place to start. That's right. And so then you find, so you can put forms on your, um, on pop-up your forms yeah. on your site that saves it in a database. You can see the timeline or seven days in timeline of what they did. Yes. You can actually connect that to say MailChimp. So you can put them through into MailChimp where you can do emails out. 
And then you theoretically should be able to connect that straight through to HubSpot CRM. Yes. So you've got them in your database as well. You can have up to a million contacts in this. Yes. So um, good luck when you want to upgrade that to HubSpot Pro <laughs> with a million contacts. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a really nice entry-level tool and it yes. gives you a lot of power and insight into the actual contacts that come through your site. So I guess our review of HubSpot CRM uh, marketing free is like a mixed bag, good and bad. Definitely worth looking at and putting onto some of your sites where it's a good fit, but just be aware of that. It's not kind of this amazing new product that it's kind of made out to be. On to the challenge of the week now. Um, Now, we had nothing in the show notes, but I just thought we had an issue with our podcast going onto iTunes because of an emoji, right? That's right. Thank you. And um, sorry to listeners if you suddenly got three episodes all of a sudden because we looked like we dropped off the face of the earth for three weeks. What had happened was I'd put an emoji in the show notes for one of our episodes. That was all fine on SoundCloud. But then when it got parsed by iTunes, they said, oh, feed error. They don't email us, right? They don't tell us. It's a thank you to two of our listeners. Thank you, two separate uh, who basically contact us and said, I can't actually hear yourself, hear your show. And, yeah, that's it. So we had to clean that out and then it was all fine again. So there's a a good tip if you're doing a podcast, don't put any emojis in your show notes. Yeah, and I'll, I'll extend this because I've had a few these kind of things happen with customers that are naming images for their websites and they put spaces in there. And then when the, depending on where you host your images or the way your website runs, you end up having broken images because it can't find it. Because again, it's parsing to find a file name that's all together or doesn't have any character spaces in it and things break. So just be aware that when you're naming things to name it with an underscore or a dash, which we usually do to split up the name. And then you don't have these kind of issues occurring. Nice one. We should call that our tip of the week, actually. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> it was a challenge that we had to overcome. <sighs> so anyway, on to our stat of the week. Now, this is about Rand's stat about blog post length in his session. And this is, this is from last year, Craig. But we thought we'd still highlight because there's some interesting stats about. Yeah, well, this was this is actually one of the references he had in his session. So in the in those notes, if you go through his slide share, it was one of the things. But yeah, it's uh, talking about in 2015, typical blog post was around 900 words, which was up from 2014. Then we thought, oh well, let's look for some latest research about not so much what is a typical blog post, but what's a typical blog post that ranks. So uh, that. As we've discussed many times, this idea that longer posts tend to rank better, and that does still seem to be the case, the data coming through. It's always a mix of quality over quantity as well. So it tends to be if they're quality long-form pieces. It's not like just padding will get you there. But, yeah, and so we've put a whole bunch of uh, details in the show notes just around um, lengths, and the the guidance is really if you can do regular 1,000 to 1,500-word blog posts, And then the odd 2,500 word, that's kind of a really good mix. I think the key to all this is to add value when people are reading it. Make sure that they can learn something and take away and apply it. I think that's the biggest thing. All right, Craig, on to our opinion of the week. And this is, if you want to appear smart about marketing, just talk about bots. And so what HubSpot have said that bots are a major growth opportunity for agencies going forward. And I know that, that we touched on this at Inbound and I think Damesh touched on this, 
about the growth bot. And so there are some features that we are able to test out. So I create, I, I sent you a picture the other day. I actually tried to create a blog post using the growth bot where I said, oh, can you create me this blog post? And it went away into my HubSpot portal and actually did that. So that's what I'm discovering more and more as time goes on. Um, bots will be used for these more, these tasks where you can just say, look, go go away, do this. And it'll just do these tasks and save you going new blog post, then clicking on something, make titling it and so on. So, all right. So I'll tell you my take on this around bots. I just don't get it. Yes. Okay. I, I look at the bots and I think that's cumbersome. That's not saving me time. Yeah. Oh, it took me longer to learn how to come up with that phrase than the value I got, right? So I, I kind of have this, you know, um, pushback against bots. It's the same pushback I had about Snapchat two years ago, right? I remember everyone was getting into Snapchat or the leading marketers were getting yes. into Snapchat. And I was like, I don't get this Snapchat thing. It's What is it? And I know I just spent like a long time investing. I was saying, how can this work for marketing until I finally got it, right? It took me six months, right? And I think the same is for bots. So I see this bot thing. I say, I just don't get it. But all the smart marketers are getting on board now. So that says to me, there's something here that I'm missing. And so the reason I really wanted to raise that in the show now is because even though I don't get it, I can recognize that smarter people, far smarter than me, do get it. And so we've got to get into it. So if you're a marketing manager listening to this and you're thinking, what is this whole bots thing? Oh, it's nothing. I feel the same way, but I know it's going to be something big, so you need to look at it as well. And in the show in coming weeks, we'll try and dig deeper into this to really kind of explain the whole value add from bots. Absolutely. I think you're quite right. It'll take time, and as things grow and things become smarter, we'll work it all out. All right, on to our pro tip of the week, Craig. Look, I'm just going to say two words, John Loomer. And Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Look, it's, we're pointing off to a post from John Loomer talking about audiences in Facebook. And uh, we've mentioned John many times, but this is an, yet another post you should look at because you can now build audiences around just about every engagement metric you can think of on Facebook. Whatever they do, interact with a video, respond to a form, something on your site, whatever it is, you can build an audience around that and then market just to that audience. It's incredibly powerful, and you need to be thinking creatively about how you can use this. This is the opportunity. I definitely think so, Craig, and I think this is, again, segmentation, isn't it? (laughs) On marketing to segments very precisely. Definitely encourage everybody to have a look at it, read that article, and get some value out of it, and actually work out how you can actually use that in your business. All right, onto our resource of the week, Craig. And this is an interesting resource. Damesh lists his favorite free tools that he recommends for modern businesses growing and scaling in 2017. Is it? No, not in 2017, just growing and scaling. So he listed in there, the obviously, HubSpot free, the marketing free CRM. Um, he's also got the keyword planner, the Google keyword planner tool. Yeah, which is an interesting one because one of the things Rand mentioned in his session and other sites have talked about is that Google's keyword tool is becoming less and less useful. Google is deliberately disabling it, and so it's less uh, useful. Uh, So it's interesting that Dimesh included that. Um, But he included a lot of cool tools like Trello, and there were some um, video um, conferencing ones, uh, Join Me and others that he talked about. Yeah, 
Hotjar. Which we've spoken about a few times. Yeah. So it is a good rundown of tools to use. And you know how I found this? I found this on Medium. Yes. What's interesting is he'd posted it a week before on the HubSpot blog and I hadn't seen it there. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so the reason I mentioned this is because this is yet another example of why you need to be syndicating your content across other channels. So the blog post is great and we all know that the HubSpot blog gets millions of visits, right? A lot of them aren't from me because I'm seeing their, their content on Medium and others might be seeing it on LinkedIn Pulse or et cetera, et cetera. So another reminder to marketing managers to use that. It's a key thing. It's like we've just discussed about Rand about putting his video on, on um, a video hosting site onto his blog and then later putting it onto YouTube. So I think, again, this is one of those key things that you need to think about. If you're not doing it, just think back, sit down, think about where else do people that are looking for your business or your product or service are actually reading, like what other publications. For example, I know a lot of people we deal with who are in sales love cars, so they're reading about automotive things. So if I was to actually think about how I want to interact with them, maybe I want to place an automotive site that they're reading news from. That might be the key. So, Awesome. All right, Craig, on to our mobile app of the week. Well, because I found that on Medium, I thought, oh, I'll give another plug out to Medium because they've just re- up, like continually updated yes. the app. It's really nice now because you can choose by publications across the top. So, uh, for example, Product Hunt, which yes. is uh, something I read. Again, yep. I never read it on the Product Hunt site. Yes. read all the Product Hunt stuff on Medium. And so then I can dig into their articles. And you know what this tells me, just listening to you talk about that, is that the experience of that app, that you're using to access content is a great experience. You actually don't go anywhere else to read content. Like that's where you're discovering things. So again, it's a really good example about how they've made that ex- that user experience great for you and you've actually discovered content that actually existed on a company's blog maybe weeks ago, but you discovered on Medium. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, as soon as they start allowing advertising on Medium, I am jumping on there because it's such a focused audience and readership. Yes. And it's, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's coming. All right. Fantastic. On to our mobile app of the week, Craig. And that we, we did talk about Medium, but we've also got, um, that was the updated mobile app. Now onto the mobile app of the week. Now, this has actually come out of you reading a book this week, which I saw on um, Instagram, and it's about how not to die. Okay. So this is nothing to do with marketing, okay, or sales. <laughs> but as you know, I read a lot of books and stuff uh, around marketing, sales, business, and all that. But I picked up a book. On, I saw a documentary on Netflix. So, by the way, listeners, if you're not interested in health, just you can tune out right tune now. Tune off right, right now. And we don't do this every episode, but occasionally there's something that so interests me that I think it's worth sharing. Uh, but I, I watched a documentary on Netflix about eating and just better healthy eating, and they're all about plant-based diet. And uh, when I say diet, I don't mean like silly diet. I mean as in what you eat. Changing the habit of yeah, what you eat. So plant-based yeah. um approach to eating which i thought oh it sounds like a bunch of hippies and you know i was initially <laughs> dubious here we go but it's really interesting so they talked to a, lot, a number of doctors and scientists so this is all science based so there's a book called how not to die which you mentioned and we've got links to it and it's tons of cases and um, references and that's very well researched just about the food we can eat and um i that's all i'll say about it. so if you want to uh 
eat healthfully and avoid disease and it goes through all the studies that show how you can avoid heart disease, lung disease, brain disease, all these other things. Anyway, that's all preamble because, I, it, by the way, it's changed my life, right? Well, this week. We'll see. See, let's, you should hold me to this. See how long I hold on to this. Right? No, I'm going about the chocolate next week. But there is, and this is all preamble. Of course, there's an app and it's called The Daily Dozen, available on iTunes and yeah. um, Android as well. And it's just about daily kinds of foods, you know, fruits, vegetables, things that you should have. And then you can have your 100%. Um, of how well you ate that day. I'm up to 73% today, by the way. Yeah, fantastic. And I've discovered the app, so I'm just about at 29, I think. (laughs) But anyway, but one thing I really did like about it, it really broke it down into what we should be eating and kind of gave you you a hint, and I really like that. And uh, because I use, I've used Fitbit for a while, and you can track certain things in there, but not down to this level about what you're putting into your body. So I really liked it. So I'll definitely have to grab that book off you. Now, there's a bonus app. You you mentioned this one to me called yes. Chemical Maze. That's right. So this, this is an app I got, I found, I had for a few years now, but I've really used it because you probably realize that a lot of food, if you do or don't realize, there are, sometimes there can be quite a few numbers on the on the ingredients list, and that's not normal. And so what I've discovered as I've obviously had kids is that all of these numbers do play a part because they can be synthetic or be materials that can cause behavioral issues. And so I'm very on the lookout. So by using this app, whenever I go shopping and the kids go, oh, dad, can I have this? I'll often look at the back of the package. And if I see lots of numbers, I'll go, no. But if I see some number, it's got one or two, I'll be like, okay, well, let me have a look. I'll put it in, it actually tells you where it's derived from, the symptoms are that it would cause like behavioral issues or the cause asthma and so on. And that's actually been a real help to me when I've been selecting, especially things in packages. I, I couldn't believe it when you showed me that you pulled up the, one of these ingredients that's common yeah. in chewing gum and all these things. Yeah. And it's got high risk health, it's got health risk and it's got high risk yeah. aggressive behavior in children, causes distress. And, oh, and you know where oh it's derived from petroleum. So right. Again, Unless we're going to put petroleum in our bodies. I don't think it was very wise. Yeah, so that's a great app. And um, look, we're not going to do this every week where we go off on... We're not turning into some health health nut podcast. But you know what is interesting, though? Uh, the thing I found about inbound in general, yes. you know how we were chatting about this last week, it's kind of growing. It's not just sales and marketing. It's kind of about life and productivity yeah. and uh, life improvement. So there you go. There's our little, you know, our little bit of life improvement bit that's right. thrown in. Now, on to the podcast of the week, Craig, and it's the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Back to marketing now, yes. That's right. And this is a podcast I've been listening to where Keith Kranz, who runs this podcast, um, talks a lot about, he's quite well, he's a bit like John Lomer, I guess. He has, he does a lot of lot of stuff in the Facebook space. And so when you listen to this podcast, he runs it with two other people, but really great, useful, actionable insight tips. So if there's one thing you, we talk about Facebook it's great to listen to John Loma and again to listen to his podcast. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Fantastic. That's going straight onto my um, queued up episodes shortly. All right. Onto our quote of the week. I picked this up from before where Rand said, make user experience the cornerstone of your SEO. Now, if you don't know what SEO is, it's search engine optimization. So it's the experience people have when they land on your site and how they find it and how they get there and how they interact with it. Now, Craig, this is a brand new segment on the show. 
It's called the logic puzzle of the week. I just found this this little box of logic puzzles, and some of them are good, some of them are terrible. We're going to start with a terrible one, and then I'm going to leave listeners with a good one. And I'll okay. The answers in the show notes, but I'll read out the first one, okay? And Go for most it. people will have heard this style, and they'll know that, and they'll probably groan because it's the bad one, but. I'll just read it. An airplane carrying 60 Mexican lawyers to a convention in Rio crashed and landed directly on the border between Colombia, Venezuela and Brazil. Under international law, where should the survivors be buried? Right. So that's one of those trick questions because the answer is you don't bury survivors. Okay. (laughs) So I kind of like those ones. Right. But here's the question for our listeners. And to get the answer, you're going to actually have to. Look Check at the show notes. Is that annoying or should we give the answer? <laughs> well, you can leave a question, leave us a comment whether you hate this. <laughs> um, but here's the one. It's great. Here's the question. They can be made, laid down, bent and broken, although it's difficult to touch them. What are they? Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Upshots. <laughs> If you'd like to leave a comment and leave a comment on our Instagram because we're going to post it on Instagram, leave a comment on what you think it is. If you would like to join our Facebook group, please get to hubshots.com and just send us a request and we'll add you into the Facebook group. And if you want to keep in a more instant manner, um, there is a WhatsApp group as well where we have interaction and we talk about things going on. And if people have any issues, they generally ask us and see if we've got a solution to that. Well, until next time, Craig. I hope you have a great week. Thanks, Ian. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com. And the answer is rules. (laughs) 